it was three days of nothing but cigars. We woke up. We walked over to the Sands Expo Center. We started smoking at 9 a.m. We were done at 5. A quick nap. Back to smoking at 7 until Fingers Malloy lost all his money. No, wait. That was me. That was me. It's eat, drink, smoke, or eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And there we were, Las Vegas, Nevada, for the PCA, the Premium Cigar Association, their big cigar conference festival. Really, it was where the retailers meet with the the uh, manufacturers to place orders. And we got a chance to talk to everybody and see everybody. We came back with plural hundreds of cigars to review for you guys. And this, the Christoph Lajero Maduro, Glenn Case at Christoph, a fantastic dude, fantastic guy. I'm going to share parts of that interview with you coming up. Now, Fingers, you've done the Maduro before. Yes. But you have not done... The Lajero or Legero, L-I-G-E-R-O, Maduro. Lajero, Legero, Lajero, Legero. Let's call the whole thing off. Look at you. Yeah, wow. One weekend in Vegas, you're nothing but show tunes. <laughs> you're Eat, a little... drink, smoke, the musical. I'm ready. I'm ready. So this is a Brazilian Maduro wrapper with a Dominican binder and filler, also a little bit of a Honduran in there. This is the Robusto, so it's five and a half by 54, which means it's five and a half inches long. Teehee. Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And 54 is the ring gauge, the circumference of the cigar, basically oh, the diameter of the cigar, how thick it is around. <laughs> this is an oily, dark, rich, frightening, frightening wrapper. And the way that Christoph does the band in the black and the brown with the gold, it looks intimidating. But one of the things that he does over there, not with every cigar, but, uh, but Glenn Case does this with Christoph, the uncut foot and the pigtail cap. And we talk about that. You'll hear that coming up. But he d- he noted, so the uncut foot means as opposed to being like a straight, normal light, it's a little bit, um, uh, you know, it's just gathered together, the, the, the leaves of the wrapper at the end. And you light it just like that. You don't cut that. Sometimes referred to as a shaggy foot mm-hmm. is what you'll see. But that pigtail, when I saw him and had a cigar with him at the show, I, I cut the pigtail. So the pigtail's kind of like how it's wrapped up at the cap where you normally smoke from. And he goes, no, no, no. You bite it off. Stop it. So you, he's, that's what he said. You bite it off. And we, you'll hear that in the interview. So here it is. I just spit it right out. <laughs> I just spit that across the, the, the cigar lounge, a blend bar cigar, and now I'm lighting it up. Okay. That's exactly. Are you doing it? Are you doing it, fingers? Yeah. Do, do I do the Kentucky chew? No, no. You don't no. chew it. You don't chew it. Whatever you do. So here we're lighting up right now. I'll mm. be darn. And with the pigtail, it comes off super easy, and then you've got basically a little bit bigger than a punch going on. That's, but you didn't do anything to the cap. Totally easy. That's outstanding. I never knew until he told me. Now this is a big, big daddy smoke. Right here. This is not. This is not for the faint of heart. They will call this a medium to full body. Even I think that this is a full body. But I will admit, it's been a long time since I've had the Maduro. Never mind anything like this. Christoph has a lot of of different styles. Sixteen. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Cameroon. I'm a big fan of the Sumatra. This right here has got some big uh, flavor uh, to it. And again, the feel of it. That wrapper is oily. That wrapper is a little bit gritty. It's just everything 
that that you that me I personally love. That Brazilian Maduro is going to give you a spice and sweet all at the same time. It's also going to be remarkably smooth. That it's big is not harsh. I can tell you that this is not a harsh cigar. And feel the weight of that thing. It is heavy. It's beefy. It is for for <laughs> for a robusto for a five and a half by fifty four. It has atomic weight. Yeah, like it has its own gravity going like, on. I freely admit I've been a fan of Kristoff for some time. I know last year we were at an event. We were outside. We were both smoking the Kristoff Cameroon. Uh, I've done the Maduro on several occasions. I have not done uh, the Lajero. 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 Uh, I have not done this. Uh, but right off the bat, I wish I would have known about <laughs> biting the cap. I, I didn't. I, I, that's that's great. Now, I've I, I've done it before. I've bitten off the cap before of a, of a regular one. You, you get two in there. This was super easy. Well, it's like, hey, you got a pull tab. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, I never knew. Now, there's a whole reason for that, which I get into with Glenn Case. So, Christoph, I have enjoyed, and I've known Glenn for a good number of years. It's not that we've worked together. It's just when I first did this show over a decade ago, I met him, and he's always been friendly to me ever since. Even when I wasn't doing anything other than just being a fan of cigars, wasn't doing the show or anything like that. This is smooth. But it is big. You will feel it, as I do right now, throughout the throat. I'm not saying that that's a problem. I'm not saying that's going to leave you waking up saying, my God, what did I do to myself? But a big, big, rich smoke is what you're going uh, to, to, to get from this. Um, that spice, cocoa, a nice espresso coffee note going on, really big flavors, I would never recommend this as a breakfast cigar, but but early evening espresso gonna keep you up for the rest of the night cigar, or like that that night with you know end your meal with an espresso in this. Oh, you could be doing okay. Yeah, for me it's that that's the spice notes that, that come out the uh, the cocoa notes and a, a sweetness. Uh, so far, I'm not feeling. Uh, it, it's very smooth. It's for me. I, I was gonna ask you: Is this your first cigar of the day? This is my second cigar that I actually started with the Griffins, which okay. is a very, very light, easy uh, smoke for me. So you say you're easing your way into this with that one. Uh, I knew what, we, what was coming, and the answer is yes, I did. I actually wanted to open up my palate a little bit and, and, uh, and be prepared for it. Now, with all cigars, what did you eat and what did you drink today? What is the weather like? That's all going to play a huge part in something like this. You know, uh, this is not a cigar that you have on an empty stomach. Let me say that again. This is not a cigar you have on an empty stomach. But also, you don't necessarily ruin yourself with big acidic foods. You want to have, I I think you want to eat something that you're already used to, that you know, so this isn't going to counterbalance of it. That's how big I, I feel this is, but it works. You talk about how that blends together. I absolutely believe that to be true, that it blends together exceptionally exceptionally well and there's just a richness out of this out of this wrapper here that I just cannot get enough of this Brazilian Maduro. Yeah, usually what I want to do when I light up a cigar is have some bourbon and I, I'm not going to say anything like earth-shattering here but for me this definitely is screaming for some coffee. A really nice cup of coffee to go along with this. I'm not saying it wouldn't go well with bourbon. I, I it would, but 
man, I could go for a coffee right now. And I'm saying that when it's somewhere like 85 degrees and about 90% humidity here in Indianapolis. So, by the way, when, when you talk uh, Lajero, uh, you've got Lajero, you've got Seco, and you've got Viso in terms of where you're doing these filler tobaccos and where these primers are, you know, where the, the primings are on, on the plant. And Lajero, Lajero, the strongest of, of the varieties. That's why this uh, matters. It's just absolutely lovely. You're going to, I think, if you are, it's time for you to take the step up and build. This is a great place to do it. But make sure you're doing it in a place where you feel comfortable. Because you go too big with a cigar, you can get a little bit of the head spin. I'm not saying this will give it to you. I'm saying you're going to like this. The Christoph Leguero Maduro. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow the Eat, Drink, Smoke show on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. Eat, Drink, Smoke, Tony Katz and Fingers Malloy. Good to be with you. We were at the Big Cigar Conference, PCA Conference in Vegas. I sat down with Glenn Case. He's the owner of Christoph Cigars, which are fantastic, and talked a little bit about how he does it and the industry. Walk me through how long it took from, I want to do this, to, hey, I'm doing this. Right. So it took probably about eight months before I was really able to start coming up with cigars that uh, satisfied my palate, right? So unfortunately, there's, it's, blending a cigar is not a science. It's, it's an art, right? So it's all trial and error. And it's finding out what I personally like to smoke. And fortunately, my palate is similar to a lot of smokers, right? So for me, it's about balance. I don't like anything that's too heavy, right? We double and triple from my Oliver tobacco, so it's incredibly smooth full of flavor without the bite, the bitterness, the aftertaste. And uh, I found that appeals to a lot of people. So that's kind of the approach I take. Um, and our, our tobacco comes from everywhere. Honduras, Nicaragua, Dominican, Brazil, Ecuador, Mexico, Pennsylvania, uh, all over the world, Africa. What so, does it take to build those relationships? It's, it's really, um, since we don't grow our own tobacco, it's building that relationship with the growers and or the actual processors of that tobacco. And we've got great relationship with those folks. So once that relationship is established and you've got that, that trust uh, established, it, it, they're, they're awesome because they'll give us new tobaccos to try, mm-hmm. something unique, a hybrid, or, and uh, that ends up producing, in some cases, some really amazing stuff. So much of what we discuss and so much of the reason I'm attracted uh, to, to cigars is that it, it is for all people. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where you're from. Now, I, I take a look at you. It's, it's the Armani suit. I, I'm making, I assume it, 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 it's Armani. You, you have always presented it with an, a bit of up style and a bit of, of up presentation. Is it that the cigar demands that or it's just this is who I am and therefore cigars allow me to be exactly that because there are plenty of guys it's like, like our like our fingers Malloy, it's all harley gear all the time and still an absolute lover of the product right I, you know our packaging i like to call it kind of a rustic elegance right so we've got that rough cut cedar box but we also have bands that are very elegant the gold foil so it's kind of a balance of the two um and i you know in terms of the way i dress i think this is my corporate re- career uh, coming out in terms of personality but uh you know, that's kind of where it's at. I have no corporate experience. I just think I look too fat in a t-shirt. It's, this, this is all about hiding. Would you like to know more about my issues? Your cigars, um, very often, I find with a pigtail. Yes. I would like to know why that is. Because people often ask, what am I supposed to do with it? Do I cut? Wait, am I supposed to light on this end? 
it, for people who are new, it confuses them greatly. And, and describe what a pigtail is and, right. and why you like that, that look. So that the pigtail or the fuma is a very traditional way of uh, capping a cigar back in Cuba 100 years ago, plus. Um, so I wanted to maintain that, the integrity of that. Uh, before it used to be just a kind of a simple wick, but now we put the twist on it, and that's become one of our signatures. So the pigtail and the uncut foot uh, is, again, one of our signatures. That's on essentially all of our cigars. So much is about heritage. So much is right. about tradition. Is, is that an... When you see this in the cigar world, I think people wonder, and I've wondered, is, is it just a, a, a bit of shtick? Or is there, is there, is there an important, important call right. to that history? Right. Um, it, for me, it's not a shtick. It just, but it's become something that we're known for. And you asked about, you know, earlier for a cutter. So the pigtail, typically, I don't, I don't use a cutter. So I either just bite it off or just twist it off, and it's perfectly See? good. It's perfectly See? good. See, that's full Sherman Potter right there. Right. Biting, biting it off. I have done that before, and people have looked at me like I'm crazy. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, how else do you want to get the thing off? It works. It's, it's absolutely fine. It's tobacco. It's right. you know you spit it out and, and and you're done. Let's talk the industry. Yes, sir. In the world of COVID, cigars boomed and blossomed over 1.3 billion, higher than than they were. And now there are conversations about can 2021, you know, hold up, especially with what we're seeing in so many places about these supply chain issues. Right. What is what is the industry seeing in terms of being able to get tobacco? From these places you get them from and what do we think the industry is going to be dealing with in terms of problems going forward yeah that's a good point you're right we did see a big boom and especially during covid you know sadly the brick and mortar took a hit in a lot of cases not all but the catalog houses the, the online guys saw a nice increase because that was the easiest way to pick up cigars during covid but that surge that growth is continuing and brick and mortar are coming back stronger than ever uh, our sales are up, thank God. Like I said, well in the double digits, even over 2019. So we're seeing growth that's unprecedented. In terms of supply and uh, in terms of tobacco, there's a there's a sh shortage in the supply chain. So we're all vying for that same tobaccos, right? So uh, this gets back to where the relations come in right. with those growers and those processors to make sure that we're up on the list to, to get access to it. I'm seeing more names. We'll call them more brands coming in and, and they'll discuss it as being part of, you know, boutique cigars. Do you consider yourself a boutique cigar manufacturer? Or are you bigger than that? Or yeah, we're, we're kind of in that, that's a great question. We're kind of in that weird spot, right? So we're not boutique anymore. Mm -hmm. We're going on 17 years uh, this November, but we're not one of the big guys. So right. we're in that kind of weird zone, you know? Um, so we're in kind of a transition period. And with the growth we're seeing, we're gonna continue to hopefully grow nationally and internationally. That's the plan. That's the plan. Right, right now we're in 30 other countries, 30, over 30 other countries, and all over the U.S. And those numbers continue to grow and expand, and we're enjoying it. We're blessed. One of the things we focus on is what the FDA is doing in the world of cigars. We take a look at cigar taxes that happen uh, in, in, in states. Uh, being a guy based uh, in, in, in Illinois, nothing uh, can be easy tax-wise. In, no. in, in the state of Illinois, we're talking to guys from New York where the tobacco tax is 70%. Right. What is it that people don't understand when they try and conflate cigars and cigarettes? Oh, I mean, it, it's it's a totally different thing. And I've spent a lot of time on the Hill years ago when the initial fight for the FDA against the FDA. 
And it, you know, this is a artisan product, right? 300 plus hands have touched it. It's not addictive. It's all natural. It's there's no additives, and it's not. I mean, the average age of a cigar smoker is 28 years old. It's not kids smoking cigarettes or Philly blunts, right? It's a premium product selling for eight to fifteen dollars a cigar. It's 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 a celebratory product, so it's it's totally different than a cigarette, and that's been the message to the folks on the hill and the FDA saying, look, this is not a cigarette, and educating them why it's not. I find that when when we talk about these things, that that people uh, wonder why why we would say you need to call your member of Congress, you need to call legislators. It's because this this thing that you love and enjoy gets put under this constant attack. This constant attack from people who seem very happy not to know. Because if you're telling me you go to the Hill, you've gone to the Hill and discussed these things, once you hear the information, you have the information. But yet people seem to want to avoid or ignore, forget the information. As an industry, all the different brands, large like you and smaller ones, do they find some commonality? Do they come together well to fight this, this subject? I, I think we're making and have made a lot of progress. And there's a lot of in, a lot of people in the industry that have done a lot more than I have, obviously, and, and made. So I think we've made huge strides in educating uh, not only consumers, but more importantly, the FDA and the, the, the people on the Hill that really make a difference that are signing some of these bills. So I think there's progress that's been made. I think we could do more, we could do better, but I think we're on a good course. But we're never going to be off the radar. Right. Eat, drink, smoke. It is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there, America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com and loving all the new people who have been downloading the podcast Thank you so much, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with Audible, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. You can find it everywhere. Be sure to subscribe. It's free. Download the podcast, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Smoking the Christoph Leguero. Lajero? Either way, Maduro Cigar. It's a big smoke. This is the Robusto 5.5 by 54. And the smoke coming off this thing, the flavor on this thing, it's just, del- it is hitting me as delicious. Perfect. It's it's a humid day. You're right, fingers. It's a yeah. warmer day. You're right. I this would be much more for me in in a, a fall cigar or an early spring cigar, but it's hitting me perfect. Yeah, it, it is, and it's so well constructed. We have not had any problems, you know, having to touch it up or anything. Draw is exceptional. Oh, the draw is fantastic, and a lot. I mean, look at that. You just took a, a draw. A lot of pleasant smoke coming off of the stick. It's it's well worth. Oh, did we talk price point? Uh, have we talked price point about what? This the cigar. How, how this much? cigar right here? Yeah. Did did you want to know? I would love to know. Because I'm into knowing how much these bad boys cost, you know. Because that does make a, a determination. We so one of the things we were at the, the cigar convention and met a lot of the guys, the guys from Cigar Coop and Half Wheel, yeah. really, really Blind Man's Puff. These are great blogs if you haven't checked them out. They do absolutely fantastic work. And it's, it's much different than what we do because when we review a cigar, we're not getting into the deep heavy. We're just giving the generalities and really the experience of, of the cigar. These guys are the ones who will full-on wonk out, super detailed, and, and it's uh, fantastic what, what they do. When we look at a cigar, we're taking a look at 
construction and how it feels and you know is this something that's in our humidor right that's what we're asking our, ourselves and one of the things we look at is price this cigar right here remember we're doing the maduro 9 to 11? Oh, stop it. 9 to $11 a cigar, Fingers Malloy. Is it in your humidor? All day, every day in my humidor. This is wonderful, especially at that price point. Yeah, this is, uh, this, this is big. And you can certainly find it from the online uh, places. I must say, try your best to purchase from the store. It's remarkably important to support those mom-and-pop shops I, I get it. Sometimes the price is a little more expensive than the mom and pop shop that they're dealing with certain state taxes that the online guys aren't dealing with. I get that. When you can, buy it from your local tobacconist. But at 9 to 11 bucks, you got to be very happy if you like a big smoke. Absolutely. And you, you couldn't be more right about trying to buy it local. That was one of the things uh, that was striking, talking to the local mom and pop owners of, of cigar lounges when we were at the PCA and just how much they struggled just like everyone else, you know, trying to stay open, trying to stay, trying to, trying to stay staffed uh, during the uh, Holy pandemic. cow, trying to stay staffed. You think it's just construction and, and, and restaurants. No, no, no. It's your cigar lounges, liquor stores. Yeah. We're hearing it from everywhere now. Yeah. So if you can support your mom and pop uh, tobacco store and cigar lounge, you, you, you need to do it. It's time, Fingers Malloy. For news of the week. Oh, Tony. What? You remember New Coke? Yes, I'm old enough to remember New Coke. The, the worst marketing plan in the history of all mankind. I could only imagine what it would have been like in the 1980s if social media were around for New Coke. For those of you who are not old enough to know anything <laughs> about New Coke... Coca-Cola had been around uh, let's uh, roughly a uh, 700 years Tony and they had the same right. <laughs> they had this pretty much the same <laughs> formula the same recipe it was the same product and then someone wait wait I must say Coke did change the recipe when they dropped the cocaine they dropped the cocaine no no one told you wow they should really put warning labels on these things warning <laughs> there's no more cocaine in Coca-Cola. Uh, so anyway, there was a, a, a someone, uh, some brainiac uh, within Coca-Cola said, you know what? People may be tired of Coke. Right. We need to change the formula. And so they came out with new Coke and people freaked out. It was bad. Yes. I remember it. It was bad. Coke is this classic, traditional, if, if you're going to soothe your tummy, if you got a tummy ache when you're a kid, you either got Coke or ginger ale mm-hmm. and it was a treat. Yeah, of course. To change it was nonsense. It was insane. To the point where it was new Coke was received so badly, they brought back the original Coke and they called it Coke Classic. And people thought, okay, this whole thing was planned. It had to have been planned. But then eventually new Coke kind of just went away. Yeah. Just went away. Well, people are freaking out again, Tony, because it's 2021 and Coca-Cola is messing with Coca-Cola Zero. They're out of their heads. They're out of their minds. Now, I, I don't drink much soda. If I do, I will have, a, if I'm going to have a soda with a cigar, it's a Diet Coke. I'm not, it's really clean, really easy, and it just, it just, I think, parallels or works pretty well. I don't ever do it with, with a Coke Zero. I never a Coke. It's just way too sweet, to, and it'll ruin the cigar. But I like Coke Zero. Why would you mess with that? I don't understand why you would mess with it, and people are freaking out the Coke 
uh, zero sugar fans are going nuts. I've never been a fan of it, Tony, even though they would make a fantastic sponsor of the Eat, Drink, Smoke radio program. Maybe. Uh, to me, it's got a weird texture to it. You know, you know, It's a soda. What do you mean it has a weird texture? It's like got this, I don't know, on the palate. It, it reminds me of those potato chips when Alestra first came out. <gasps> oh, that was the worst. Because the Alestra potato chip was supposed to be super healthy for you. But what they didn't tell you that if you eat the Alestra potato chips with Alestra, which is like a, I guess a fat substitute, yeah. you were going to spend a lot of time enjoying your bathroom. <laughs> you were going to be able to count the tiles in the shower. <laughs> oh, oh, you would have time. Just yeah, don't bring a magazine. Bring a subscription. <laughs> your battery will run out on your phone uh... <laughs> with the Alestra chips. It was like, that was miserable. Yeah, so I don't know. To Not me, that I know from personal experience or anything. <laughs> well, we all ran out and bought it. Yes. Because it was like, oh, this is going to be healthier, and it's a fat substitute, and you worry about your cholesterol, and th- this is going to be great. I can eat potato chips, and my cholesterol won't be touched because it's a lestra, and then you're in the bathroom. A lot. <laughs> no, this. I don't know why they're changing it. Did they say why they're changing it? Did they have a plan? Uh, well, their their plan is that they want they they claim that the new formula Tony will have even more Coke flavor than the Coke Zero. If I wanted more Coke flavor, <laughs> wait for it. You know where I'm going. But seriously, don't beat me there. Why don't we meet there together? If we want new more Coke flavor, we'll have a, a Coke. Coke. See, we did it all together. Wow, look at us. That's making the complex simple. Right there. <laughs> That's what that is. Good Lord. So that's what they're doing. And uh, apparently there are people in Coca-Cola management that aren't old enough to remember the whole new Coke debacle back in the 1980s. But uh, look, social media, they're freaking out, Tony. May I say that what you're discussing, to bring it to a a bigger kind of thing, this is actually a serious subject. It's the concept of something called institutional knowledge. And this has been a big problem in reporting. Regardless of your politics, the problem is is that the newer journalists of the last really 15, 20 years didn't get enough beat training, on-the-ground on training from the established journalists, and they didn't know some of the ins and outs, some of the things that had already been discussed. They didn't have the institutional knowledge. We have a friend who covers Capitol Hill, and she talks all the time about the fact that people cover stories by watching a press conference on TV and then writing about it. They don't actually go to a member of Congress's office and ask a question. They don't do the follow-up. They don't meet people in the halls. Without that, it's hard to have that connectivity. And it applies to more than just what we see in journalism. It applies everywhere. Without institutional knowledge, talk about cigars. Without an understanding of the history, without an understanding of of Cuba, without an understanding of how that seed was moved about, without an understanding of how these farmers work and why you have a pigtail on your cigar and the throwback uh, to to the original Cuban rolling, you won't know and therefore you can't follow the whole rich tradition. You need that. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Remember, you can find our reviews on cigars, bourbon, and food over at our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Look, America is traveling again, and that is good news. But we've seen a lot of anger from people who are getting on planes, whether it's getting in confrontations with uh, flight attendants over wearing masks and long delays and flight cancellations. And we've said, you know, you need to be patient. 
But how patient can you be when a one-hour flight turns into a 17-hour nightmare? Welcome back. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Fingers Malloy, along with Tony Katz. And Tony, we were just in Las Vegas this past week. We did some flying. Mm -hmm. uh, And what was your experience like? On the way out, no problem. On the way back from Vegas to Indianapolis, a guy had a health issue. They actually laid a blanket in the front of the plane, and a guy had to lay down oxygen mask. They had to get the, the headset to talk to a doctor on the ground. I figured the guy was dehydrated from just a weekend in Vegas of not drinking water and too much drinking, and it all caught up to him. As I heard the story later, he couldn't catch his breath. No matter what he did, he couldn't catch his breath, and they were fearing... He was going to have a heart attack. There was a moment where, you know, I mean, they did the call. Does anybody have medical uh, training on the plane? I, mean, I was trying to text my brother. He's a doctor, but I couldn't, I couldn't get through to him. Sure. We thought we were going to have to divert. We were sure of it. He laid down on that plane for two hours. Two hours, oxygen mask on. I saw him afterward at the near luggage. He was just sitting there spent, just whatever it was. And I, I'm going to attribute it to the level of dehydration, just an overexhaustion. He just couldn't get himself comfortable. It, it can happen. Uh, drink your water, people. Yeah, and unfortunately, we ran into some cigar people who had one of their reps uh, get sick, and the first thing you think of when you're in Las Vegas is, oh, well, you know, did you party a little bit the night before? And, right. And unfortunately, that's what happens when you uh, run in a situation in Vegas. That's what you think. But That's why you go with a professional like Fingers Malloy. That's right. Who will teach you how to lose all your money at video poker. Do you want to talk about how much money I lost at video poker? Go, go on. No, 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 no. I can't because I'm more angry about the fact that I'm sitting right next to Fingers Malloy, and he's teaching me, hey, here's how you do the double-double bonus. Now, listen, if you've got if you got the ace-king, right, and it, it's not so you just keep the ace-king and you're going for the two pairs so you can just keep on going. But if they're suited, it doesn't matter if you have a pair. you got to take that suit. you got to go for the royal. you got to aim big. you got to play big to win big, Tony. That's the way you got to do it. This schmuck. Fingers, he's winning hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I can't get a hand. I can't get anything. And I figure that the machine was anti-Semitic. <laughs> Is that this, what we're rolling with? That's what I told my rabbi. And, and, and <laughs> Oh, I'm you gonna, told your rabbi. Oh, I had to. Somebody had to hear this story. I couldn't win to save my life. I'm, I'm not a big gambler. It's just not who I am. Uh, once every 10 years, I think I remind myself by trying that, oh, yeah, this isn't for me. And it'll be 10 years before I do it again, Fingers Malloy. But you're, you're a pro. I, I came home a winner. <laughs> four aces and a four for $500 here. Four deuces here for $250 here. Rolling, rolling. Well, I ended up uh, being a little bit ahead to the point where I got to buy a new humidor. Yes, you did. On my winnings and still came up a little bit ahead. Uh, good trip. Good trip. Oh, yeah. It was great. You know who didn't have a good trip, though? Tony Katz? <laughs> well. Oh, Tony. Now, come on. 17 hours instead of one hour. Tell the story. 17 hours. So it was a one-hour flight from Las Vegas, Nevada to Stockton, California. And apparently, they have some sort of unmanned control tower in Stockton, and it was having issues. So they had to... Re- unmanned? Yes. Oh, that's creepy. Yeah. And there was a, a, a maybe a computer chip issue. They weren't cleared to land... Uh, from the unmanned controller. So the plane was flown back to Las Vegas where it was turned away due to thunderstorms, Tony. Thunderstorms in Las Vegas. So the roughly 175 passengers were eventually deplaned at LAX and made to wait in a holding room with no bathroom. See, I don't know how that happens. Walk out of the holding room. 
Walk out of the holding room and use a bathroom. What do you mean? Did they did they lock the door behind like it's Game of Thrones? Well, what? that 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 was my thought. They don't go into detail about the security of the un, uh, you know, the, 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 holding, the, the room. holding room. But to me, you know, you're on the plane. You get off the plane. They say, okay, you're going to be in this holding room. If you have to go, you have to go. I I would I would just push my way out the door and say, okay, get me on an. I'm at LAX. I'll right. be able to. I'll be able to get to Stockton, California, some way. If you're not going to let me back on the plane, but I have to use. I'm. A, I'm a grown man, son. I need. <laughs> I need to use the bathroom. You're not going to lock me in the room like I'm being interrogated for something. I don't. So 17 hours before they so, got home. Yep. They, the flight was rescheduled uh, for the next day and eventually landed in Stockton uh, Tuesday at 2 p.m. Uh, but they, you know, a lot of people by the time. They were uh, let out of the holding room. Hotels were, uh, f- you know, filled up, so they had to sleep at the airport. Do these people get fed? Do they get? Does anything else happen? Does the does the airline do that? Are they? What to what level are they culpable it, in these kinds of situations? It all depends. This happened to me one time. In I was uh, flying for you know an event. Um, and I was going to Lake Tahoe, and we were flying through Phoenix. Phoenix gets these really awful, like, sandstorms. Yeah, they're called haboobs. That's not that's not a joke. They're called haboobs. <laughs> so <laughs> the haboob uh, delayed our landing, and by the time we landed, it was 11 o'clock, and I, had to, I spent the night at the airport because all of the hotels in the area were booked up based on... These flight delays. Haboob. It's, 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 it's Arabic. It's an intense dust storm. Yeah. Thank you. So they say if it's an act of God, uh, they, they wouldn't provide vouchers. But it wasn't an act of God. It was a computer chip. In that situation, it was, it was not vouchers, an act of God. Vouchers, free flights, more yeah. than just peanuts. For the love of God. That, see, I, I am thankful. I have never had that problem. I've had flights delayed. I, I've had to take different flights. I've, I've missed flights. Yeah. But I've never had that. Well, they were given $250 ticket vouchers and left to sort out their situation on their own when it came to, uh, you know, getting a, a hotel room. Like I said, many of the people spent the night at the hotel. And that. Do we know what airline? Allegiant. Ah. Allegiant Air. Well, I mean, it's not Allegiant's fault about the. You, you can't blame them for what happened in the control tower. That's you can't true blame enough. them for the thunder. The, but I've they got to take the hit. I mean, it, it, they got to take the hit. But here's the deal. Sure, absolutely. But here's the deal, Tony. Uh, uh, I've been to Vegas on several occasions. Is that right? Yes. Uh, and Wait, you like gambling? Uh, a touch. Mm-hmm. Not, not to the point where there's a problem, uh, but it's it's enjoyable. But usually these thunderstorms, they're quick. You know, I, I they had to reroute the plane away from Vegas because of thunderstorms. It must have been a really unusual weather event in Vegas because you would think that that would clear up relatively quickly. Well, there's only so much fuel you have on the plane. That could be another thing. You know, you can't just circle around and circle around, which is its own level of hell. Are you going to circle around for 40 minutes or you circle around for three hours? Yeah. Can I tell about my little personal experience? You uh, can. My plane coming back to Indianapolis from Vegas, uh, the ground air conditioner wasn't working in the plane. Apparently, the plane will get air conditioning uh, on its own when the engines are fired up, but they have ground air conditioning You know, while you wait to take off. It wasn't working on Monday when it was 118 degrees in Las Vegas. There was no air conditioning on the plane. Oh, 
fantastic experience, Tony. And you kept your mask on? <laughs> oh, that was the thing. Uh, the pilot made the announcement about the air conditioning, and then an air, uh, a flight attendant 10 seconds later said, remember, you had to keep your mask on. And somebody yelled out, remember, you need to have air conditioning on the plane. <laughs> That's the best part of Vegas. People will say anything. Well, if, if you're in the unair-conditioned un- plane, or if you're 17 hours, when you get home, the first thing you do is you take a shower, and you step out of the shower, and you grab a my pillow towel, and you wrap it around you, and you're like, oh, this is going to be better. My pillow towels are fantastic. I use them at home. Proprietary technology. They're highly absorbent, soft to the touch, none of that lotiony feel, and with a 60-day money-back guarantee... You can try them for yourself. Return them if you're not fully satisfied. The cotton is grown in the U.S. It's available in a variety of colors. I have them in the blue in case you're curious. And each towel set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and a washcloth two-pack. And for a limited time, you can get the My Pillow six-piece towel set regularly $109.99 for only $39.99 with promo code TONY, T-O-N-Y. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the Radio Listener Square, and enter the promo code Tony, my name, T-O-N-Y. And you can take advantage of the deep discounts on the Giza Dream bed sheets, which I also have, and the MyPillow premium pillows, which I also have. Six-piece towel set from MyPillow, only $39.99. MyPillow.com, promo code Tony. In my life, I had never heard of a vatted rye. I never heard of a vatted whiskey. I don't know what that is. V-A-T-T-E-D. What is vatting? It's a process where they take a series of, of ryes and bring them uh, together. They take them from distilleries across the country. A distillery uh, in Kentucky, in Pennsylvania, Alberta, that's Canada people, for those of you who don't have a map, and right where we live, our beloved Indiana. And this is what Hockstatters has done out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Hockstatters vatted straight rye whiskey. It's eat, drink, smoke, where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. This is a Scottish blending tradition, this idea of vatting, where you take this um, selection of things and you create a new expression. Now, in this case, with the Hockstatters, H-O-C-H-S-T-A-D-T-E-R-S, apostrophe S, uh, they are taking these ryes that are between 4 and 15 years and move them together, and then they're bottled, Fingers Malloy, at 100 proof. Anything over 100 proof gets a little bit of applause from Fingers Malloy. Now, I am a rye guy. A rye meaning it's 51% rye as opposed to a bourbon, which is by law 51% corn. That's the difference. They can have other things in the mash bill as well. Got to admit, I've never tried it, but saw it and said, this is something that I want to get into. More and more, I find rye is my perfect kind of drink. And when you get to the nose on this rye right here, it's actually got a more of an alcohol kind of bourbon kick than other ryes that, that I'm used to. It's, it's got, a, it's got a, a good bit of spice and a good bit of, of, uh, of alcohol on the nose fingers. Yeah, and I and, and there's a sweetness too, and I I'm maybe a cherry. I, I'm not quite sure. Is that marzipan? Could it be marzipan? <laughs> it's not marzipan, but I think you're right on on, on, on the on the cherry, or at least a, a good bit of fruit on the nose. Uh, it is actually a bit pale gold 
in the color. We drink it out of the Glencairn glass. That's that interestingly shaped glass where you're able to kind of tilt it and maneuver it, get your nose really in there. Nose is so much, so much flavor that exists when when you uh, put your nose uh, to it. You can, and we're gonna do this neat as we often do. We do it neat, and then we decide whether we're gonna bring it to a cube, add a little bit uh, of of cool water. Hundred proof is a nice place uh, to be, and proof doesn't always mean the strength. We've had things at big proofs that were were, were absolutely lovely. We've had things at hundred proof that have knocked me right over. But I've never tried a vatted rye. This from Hockstatter, straight rye whiskey, one hundred proof. Are you ready, Fingers Malloy? Do you want to dive in first, or do you want me to? No, no, I want you to dive in first okay, and see, see what happens to you. He's taking a sip right there. You can still do the Kentucky Chew with this, where you move it around the mouth. It doesn't have to be a bourbon to do, the, to do it. That's what's called, the Kentucky Chew, and you move it around the palate, get a feel for what's going. Sometimes I take a second sip and let that first sip set the taste buds right and proper. Where are you at, fingers? It is very interesting. I'll, 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 a little bit of spice on the tongue, a little bit of sting. There's no burn going down. And to me, it's unlike any rye we've tried uh, before. That cherry that I, you know, for me, that I got on the nose, I got that on the palate as well. I'll be interested to see what you think. But uh, there's no burn at all. It's, it, it's not something uh, that when you try it, you think, oh, my goodness, this has to be a high-proof rye. Um, nothing like that at all. It was, it was quite smooth, quite delightful. Now, some people know Hockstatters because Hockstatters does slow and low. The rock and rye, slow and low uh, straight rye whiskey, which is done with the orange and honey. So they, they do have other brands out there, other uh, kind of uh, blends out there. Let me do this. The vatted uh, rye whiskey. Here I go. He's going in. He's got the glass to his lips. He's doing the Memphis Munch, ladies and gentlemen. The Savannah Swish. Ooh, a new one is what we uh, call it. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, that hit in the back of the throat with a bit of heat. It's resting uh, to, to the, the mid-chest. There's a lot of fruit. There's a lot of fruit, almost a floral, that's going on in, 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 in there. But the, the, the spice is there. It's a bit of cinnamon going on, a touch of baking spice as well. That, that to me, a, a, a fruitiness uh, that, that's happening for sure. And then... There's plenty of that rye flavor that I love and adore. Now, I am partial to things that are the Midwest when it comes to rye. I find a difference in how those things come. This being a blend of things from places, Kentucky and Pennsylvania, Indiana and Alberta, I, I, I don't think that part applies. Oh, there, there, it definitely a residual heat that stays on the tongue and a residual spice that's there as well. Bigger than I thought it would be. It's, it's, it's a lovely little drink. What's interesting is when you get that first sip and it hits the tip of your tongue, You between the spice and the little bit of, I, I hate to say sting, but you go back and forth. It's like, okay, when it hits the tongue, is that the spice? Is it the, the sting of the, the, the 100 proof? Uh, but it's, again, nothing that's overwhelming. It is it, To me, it's very enjoyable. And I didn't get that burn that you're talking about. You maybe, never do. Well, maybe it's because of Vegas. Who knows? Right? You know, All that get, winning? Yeah. You know, while you're winning, they give you the drinks for free. All you have to do is tip the wait staff. Tip your bartenders and waitresses, ladies and gentlemen, when you're in Las <laughs> Vegas. So I didn't get the burn that you got, but I, I it, 
this is this is wonderful. Now the question is, is this in your liquor cabinet at fifty dollars a bottle? Fingers Malloy, is this in your liquor cabinet? Not usually a rye guy. I usually you know uh, lean toward bourbon, but I got to tell you, Tony, I would have this in my liquor cabinet at fifty dollars a bottle. I prefer a touch more sweet in my rye, so not in my liquor cabinet, but a lovely rye. You know, I think there are things that I, I have tried that, that more fit into my flavor profile. I think also the, the, the look of this beguiles what you're going to get. There's a, you, it, it, as I said, it's this pale golden, and so you might think it either a bit monochromatic in terms of one note or, or you know, just, uh, in, in terms of not having a, a complexity. This does. Hold on, I'm going in again. Always going. Good try. Number two. Yeah, fruit and floral. And then there's there's that touch of burn. There's that cinnamon that comes in, uh, it, you know, ipso facto after the fact. That was a little bit of Latin mm. for those of you playing the home game. Um, it's a nice it's a nice rye, but I, I could see bourbon people finding an enjoyment in this. Yes. Well, the other thing too is you know we always talk about whether it should or should not be in your liquor cabinet. You're saying right now maybe not for you, but. Even if it's not in your liquor cabinet, if you saw this at your favorite cigar lounge, you absolutely, would you would definitely. Oh, have I didn't a mean glass. to yell. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, I, oh, absolutely worth trying to expand the palate and get an idea of of, of different things that you could be trying and, and drinking and enjoying. No question, this is not a conversation of should you try it. You should try it. The Hochstadter Straight Rye Whiskey. This is the vatted that we're trying. 100 proof comes out of the Philadelphia area. $50 a bottle, according to Drizzly, drizzly.com, which would be a fantastic sponsor of the Eat, Drink, Smoke radio show. It's a good rye. It really is. For having first the first time trying it, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased. This is pleasant. And $50, I can't see why somebody doesn't try it. Right. If they want to buy the bottle, I think you try it at, at your local uh, drinking establishment and see if it's right for you. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash Eat Drink Smoke, and Instagram, at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast. Eat Drink Smoke, it is your cigar, bourbon, foodie, radio extravaganza. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy, drinking the Hochstatters, H-O-C-H-S-T-A-D-T-E-R-S, the Hochstatter's Vatted Straight Rye Whiskey, 100 proof. This is a mix of rye whiskeys from Kentucky, Pennsylvania, Indiana, and Alberta, Canada. Nice bit of spice on here. Some floral notes uh, for, for me. Runs about $50 a, a, a bottle. It's a good rye. Not sure if it's in my liquor cabinet. I've actually said it's not in my liquor cabinet. But that's not to say that if it's in your local drinking establishment, you shouldn't give it a go if you like rye. We moved it to the Big Cube, Fingers Malloy. It's playing nice. Yeah, it is. I regret a little bit that I put it on the Big Cube. But really? I, I do this for America. Yes, you do. And I say that, uh, and I'm not ignoring our listeners around the globe who listen to the Eat, Drink, Smoke radio show podcast. You know we're on in Guam, right? We are? We're huge in Guam. We are on in Guam. That's an absolutely... True, true story. Yes, 100%. So hello to everyone in Guam. Hey, guys. Uh, but I regret it a little bit because it has taken away some of the sweetness for me. Uh, I actually enjoyed that. But uh, it also took away some of that. You, you know, you, you mentioned earlier on the nose that there, you could get that, that ethanol on the nose a little bit. That's completely gone. So that's nice. Uh, but all in all, still a very pleasant experience. 
It is. It, it, it's a good. It's a good rye. I, I like things that are a little sweeter. This, I th- for the bourbon drinker, more in that for me in that almost bourbon profile. Um, but I mean, like, the spice makes it makes it the rye for sure. Uh, but it, it 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 is good. It's just for what I like for my palate, not in my liquor cabinet. Now we've paired this with uh, the Christoph Maduro. The is it the Lajero? Lajero. Either way. It's a big, big cigar. We're doing the Robusto here, five and a half by 54. Uh, but it is smoking great. We've had to touch it up once or twice. Yep. But we also lay our cigars down. We're talking. We're doing uh, uh, other other things. The draw is still excellent. That flavor, that touch of espresso, that little bit of spice. I don't know if it's the perfect match for this rye. No. I think that this would go with, with, a, with, with a, 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 a sweeter style bourbon. In, 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 in my view, I could see this pairing up with, uh, and I'm going I'm to get excoriated, I could see this pairing up with a Blanton's, I, I, for, for sure. Uh, but it, it just, the cigar is, for me, always the winner, and it's just terrific. Yeah, I feel like, we mentioned, uh, we talked about this off the air, that I feel like the cigar is overpowering the rye a little bit. Uh, but to me, this cigar should be in your humidor. It should be in your liquor cabinet. Uh, in your pocket, <laughs> anywhere you want to leave keep it in your cigar. kid's crib. Do exactly. not leave it in your kid's crib. No, don't leave it in the kid's crib. But uh, this this is uh, just a fantastic smoke. Yeah, it, uh, enjoying it and nine to eleven dollars a stick. Oh, the 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 answer is yes. Now we should talk a little bit about what happened in Vegas. Of course, we shared part of our conversation with with Glenn Case of, of Christoph Cigars and all of the interviews will be available at eatdrinksmokeshow.com you'll be able to see those and, and check those out we talked with John Huber of Crown Heads we talked with the, with the guys from El, El Artista Cigars we spoke with uh, Justo Arroyo uh, uh, of, um, of JRE right which is of course associated with CLE c- Cigars and Christian Arroyo uh, and there was this really interesting one-two punch conversation going on. First, it was all the people who are just coming off an incredible year in cigars. Other industries have suffered. Cigars has not. It has boomed because people have been home and they've had more time to smoke. And the once or twice a week cigar smoker became a once or twice a day cigar smoker. No commutes. They had extra cash in their pocket because there was no gas to spend or anything else. They weren't going to work. They were working from home. So that really was a boom to the industry. There are a lot of people on that more boutique side, the smaller players, who who got an opportunity to get into cigar lounges because there were other factory issues, because those factory issues were having every, happening everywhere. Nicaragua and Honduras factories were closed. And so people who had stock and uh, the cigar lounge needed to keep stock they they went and tried some of these new things. They feel very, very confident about it. But over the back of the shoulder, there's this little dark cloud. And that dark cloud is what happens next. So you've got logistical issues with terms of how much you're, you're going to produce, how many, how many boxes you're going to make. Uh, are you able to satisfy all of the uh, outlets, the, the tobacconists that, that you're selling to? So that, that's one thing production and being able to get the tobacco is 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 another and are people going to keep their same patterns keep their same new habits now that they're going back to work and that's that's hanging over the shoulder well and that's something you definitely have to think about if if you're one of these cigar brands you try to meet the demand the very increased demand that happened over covid but 
Will those same people who, like you said, went to, you know, maybe three or four sticks a week to two a day, now that they're going back to work, are, are they going to still have those same smoking habits? Uh, there was a feeling like, okay, is this going to last? And there were a lot of people worried that obviously, you know, a lot of those people will not be smoking as many cigars as they were during the pandemic. But there's extra cash, like you said, that has been introduced into the, the economy. You know, people are getting $500 stimulus checks now every month uh, or $250, you know, oh, that's kids. That, oh, the whole child's credit. Yeah. Thing. So there's started. They're just finding cash uh, in, their, their, in their checking You mean, wait, they're not using that for their children? I'm sure some of them are. Uh, and then some of them are like, oh, order some more cigars <laughs> we'll leave that for other times it's time fingers malloy for news of the week it is time tony for eat drink smoke list what it's a very popular segment on eat drink smoke because we love lists uh, well every year you know u.s news ranks the top 10 places in the united states uh, to live the best places to live in the united states for 2021 and should I go from 10 to 1, or should I just start off with number 1? Start at number 10. Num- number 10, Portland, Oregon, which surprised me. because with Portland, all the problems they've been having? I don't know if you're a news buff, Tony. <laughs> but Portland's been in the news a lot. Yes, they have, and we are heard on KXL in Portland. That has got to do damage to a reputation to a city with the riots they've had and, and the violence that, that, that they've had. I've never had anybody uh, say to me that it isn't just an absolutely beautiful place and a place worth visiting. But you got to assume after day after day after day of hearing it, it has an effect on people. It has an effect on the psyche. Am I going to vacation there? Am I going to check it out for myself? I'm looking for a place to move. Is Oregon my spot? Never mind their cigar tax issues, which are terrible. Right. I, I've had friends that have lived in Portland. They've said it's a beautiful city, and some have argued that, okay, what, the violence uh, has been you know, contained in a, a small area of Portland. I don't know. Uh, I just know that, like you said, if you're someone who's outside of Portland, that that being number 10 may surprise you. Number nine, Tony, Sarasota, Florida. Well, it's Florida. I, I absolutely get that, yep. unquestionably. Eight, Portland, Maine. Never been, would love to go. Would love to go to Maine. I have tried to go to Maine a, a few times, and for me, the, the problem has been airfare is ridiculously expensive. For, is it? Yeah, to get to Portland. I've never tried. Uh, go. Naples, Florida at number seven. Talk about ridiculously expensive. They check your tax return before you enter. <laughs> Make sure you've got enough money to be able to handle it. A list wouldn't be complete top ten uh, places to live in the United States without somewhere in Colorado. Colorado Springs, number six. Beautiful spot. Absolutely beautiful spot. Picturesque. Austin, Texas, number five. I get it. I'm surprised there aren't. It's the only Texas one on this list. And Austin's great. Keep it weird. Yep. Uh, it, it, uh, I think for some people politically, it isn't their their jam, but it, it's a cool spot, and the suburbs around there are terrific. It is, it's a great city and a great food town. Uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, at number four, Tony. People who want to escape big cities and want to be able to afford to live their lives. I totally get it. Huntsville, Alabama, number three. Same exact mathematics. Riley, Durham, North Carolina. I've been there. Beautiful. Absolutely gorgeous and continues to be. And job opportunities and technology growth, biomed growth, without question. Number one, it's always around number one, it seems like, Boulder, Colorado. Yeah. Uh, and, and it makes perfect sense. Makes absolutely perfect sense. When you get to the best affordable places to live, 
you keep Fayetteville in there. Pittsburgh, South Bend, Indiana. Grand Rapids, Michigan, which is a beautiful town. Sure is. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Des Moines, Iowa. Hickory, North Carolina. The Quad Cities. Fort Wayne, Indiana at number two. And Huntsville, Alabama at number one. We don't live in any of those spots. Did you know Audible isn't just for audiobooks? They have podcasts, too. And you guessed it, Eat, Drink, Smoke is now on Audible. Listen to us there. Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Don't forget, when you're smoking a cigar and you're writing it down in your notebook and you're taking notes, break it down. First third, second third, final third. What are what are the flavors that you're getting? And what did you eat that day? What did you drink that day? What's the weather? What's the temperature? All these things matter. And this brings us, Fingers Malloy, to America's favorite game. What did Fingers Malloy eat today? And when you hear what Fingers Malloy ate today, you will ask the question, Fingers Malloy, how are you still alive? Fingers Malloy, what did you eat today? Well, I'm trying to be a little bit better. Oh, is that right? Yes. Uh, Wait, I was with you in <laughs> Vegas. We went to one of, maybe it's the only place Guy Fieri has, uh, the guy from Food Network. We were at Guy Fieri's place. You had a burger. Could you describe said burger? Uh, well, the patty, uh, it, it felt like it was about three quarters of a pound. Uh, it was a big patty. boy. It was a big boy. Topped with bacon. Of course. Uh, something called donkey sauce, which we found out was uh, some sort of spicy mayo. It was a garlic mayo mix, and they call it donkey sauce. And that is the worst name guy in the world. The, the place was great. Had a great time. Thought the food was very good. I had a, I, I had a, a, I, did I have a Wagyu burger or a Kobe burger? I don't remember. Kobe burger. Kobe burger. And you didn't eat the bun. I did not eat the bun. No, I didn't. I, I ate so it with a knife and fork. You. I feel so bad. At Guy Fieri's place. I'm, I'm, I'm that guy. But no, no, you haven't finished. What else was on the burger? Well, the donkey sauce. <laughs> no, no, no. Blended well with the ladle of mac and cheese they put on top of the burger patty. So I'm trying to be better. He ate the whole thing and licked the plate. But that was fine. That was Vegas. <laughs> you are forgiven. What did you eat today? Uh, well, I started off with a 32-ounce cup of uh, cold brew coffee with uh, sweet cream. And I had to chase that with two gas station donuts. One was the uh, long uh, John that they fill with cream with vanilla frosting on top. And then if you got it, if you get the vanilla donut, then you have to get the chocolate donut with uh, the the peanuts sprinkled on top for balance. Yes, show your equal opportunity donut uh, lover. Right. Uh, it went from there uh, to two salami sandwiches on uh, zero carb bread because who needs the carbs, Tony? Oh, who does? Uh, with cheese and mustard, uh, a handful of peanuts and raisins, uh, you know, because I'm trying to be better, and and then maybe uh, a giant vending machine cinnamon roll. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? We we didn't catch that part right there. Giant, giant vending machine cinnamon roll. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because you know I didn't get any carbs from the bread, and right. I felt like I needed some sort of carbs to you balance need fuel for the, out. for the temple. Exactly. And I knew I was going to have a, a a cigar later. That, that means nothing, uh, but right. still, I, I justified it in my head. So you know, of all the things you have eaten and told us about, this is not the worst day you've ever had. That's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm, I'm better. You. I'm improving. Handful of raisins. <laughs> You're, which was the name of my first folk album. <laughs> uh, I, okay, today you get a half a pass, but we still need to know how are you still alive? I did. <laughs> Four jumping jacks <laughs> and one pull-up. And I feel fantastic. Picture picture of health. 
drinking the Hockstatter's vatted straight rye whiskey, 100 proof, $50 a bottle. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lovely rye. More spice than the sweet, a bit of floral note for me, and smoking from Kristoff. This Ligero. Ligero? Maduro. And it's been just wonderful. A fantastic smoke, $9 to $11. You got to find this where you are, and you got to find Eat, Drink, Smoke, and make sure you're getting the podcast if you're not already listening to it. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke. <laughs>